All right. Good morning, everyone. Glad to see you on this uh, sometimes beautiful, sometimes cloudy Sunday morning. It hasn't decided what it wants to be yet. Um, we want to welcome everybody here to Mosaic Community Church. I am uh, Angel Halstead, the pastor, um, and we just want to welcome you to our Father's Day service. Um, hello to all our dads. Um, who are a part of our congregation and dads across the country and maybe the globe who are joining us this morning. We welcome you. We want to celebrate you today. So today we, um, um, we are going to focus on, on Father's Day in our sermon and in our worship. And so we have um, um, today for our worship, Tim and Josie McCullum. Um, we're going to use some of their videos to share worship with us today. So we want you to relax and get comfortable. And um, some of the songs have um, movements to them and everything. So just relax. It's only me watching you. Don't worry about it. You might want to join in um, as we celebrate Jesus, celebrate God, and celebrate our dads. Please join me in prayer. God, thanks so much for life this day and life uh, that you've given to us to hold more abundantly. And Father, sometimes we get, um, you know, the visuals throw us off sometimes from the abundance that you call us to, but we know that you are working things out for our good. And so we trust you. We trust you with what's happening in our world and in our country. We trust you, Lord God, with, um, with our peace because it's the same peace that Jesus gave us. And so our deepest desire, Lord, is to lift uh, Jesus up, who is the center of everything for us. And so we ask that you would bless us and help us to worship you in spirit and in truth. We ask that you would uh, just be with everybody who's with us um, and help us to have this pause, this restful moment with you. You are welcome in this place, Holy Spirit, to do as you please. We are your people, we are the church, and we are so grateful to know you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Andrew, go ahead and start worship. Can you all see my screen right now? Zoom is giving me some errors, so I just want to make sure. I can see it. Fantastic. We'll see how this goes. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Um, Josie and I are going to do three songs for you guys. Um, Peace Like a River. Peace Like a River. Trading My Sorrows. And Deep and Wide. She's going to help me out by singing with me and doing some hand motions on the last two songs. But first, we're going to do Peace Like a River. Yeah. 
Thumbs up. up for yes. And L's. L's for Lord. This isn't really an L, but... <laughs> it's backwards, huh? Right? Okay. And then the second time through when we sing the yes lords, we're going to start really, really quiet, almost like a whisper, and we're going to get louder and louder. We'll be yelling by the end. Okay? Yeah. All right? So I'm going to play the chords first, Josie, and then we're going to come in, Okay.
forever. I love it when you see kids that are so passionate in worship. It just gives me a thrill. So um, before I start the sermon, I want to catch us up on some things. Um, Kenny Ishii is out of the hospital and home, and um, many of you have already signed up to be a part of his uh, flute train. So I want to thank you for that. Um, he's, doing, he's doing okay. Um, Marley uh, Dean is also... Um, home from the hospital and uh, doing okay. So she might be online today, but I'm not sure. I haven't seen her name yet. But thank you all for your prayers uh, for them both. Um, God has really uh, been very present and active in their healing um, and in our community with just, you know, caring for them. So thank you to everyone. Uh, Melody, Melanie Gilchrist has invited us all out to um, uh, to the unveiling of a mural that was painted in the honor of her mom and dad. Um, um, it says, dear family and friends, please join us for a memorial meetup on this Father's Day at 10th, um, at 10th Spring Garden Street in Philadelphia at 1 o'clock uh, to share this uh, mural. Um, and so anyone who wants to come out, anyone who um, today, you know, is dealing with a sad heart because your, your dad is not with us, um, it's an opportunity for folks just to come and gather and remember their family. Um, you're invited to bring a memento, a flower, candle, or something uh, to lay out as well um, in recognition of your, of your dad, your grandfather, that special man uh, who was in your life. So please uh, join her. Um, also, we got the results. We uh, finished the survey. Thank you to everybody who participated in the survey. I greatly appreciate it. We had about 70 people, uh, which was a good number. Um, and so um, I've gotten some initial results. We get more and um, our uh, assessor is, uh, or she calls herself a people scientist is putting together um, the information for us and doing all the um, analysis that's involved. And will come back uh, to us uh, and, and help with a presentation. It'll help us understand what was learned. And I'll share some of that with you um, at a later date, but thank you. And thank you for everyone who attended the, um, 
the church meeting last week. Uh, it's great uh, that you all participated. It's wonderful how we are um, continuing to be church and family through this time. So, and hopefully I didn't forget anything. Jessica, I'm looking up at you. Did I do okay? Yes, okay. All right. <clears throat> because y'all know Jessica actually runs the church. Okay. So, um, I'd like to begin our sermon. Um, I was messing around with it, so I'm not right at the beginning. So, uh, dear Lord, thanks so much again for your love. Um, my desire is to be encouraging to the dads and to um, this Mosaic family. Um, and so I ask, Lord, that you would speak through me um, and uh, deliver this word. Um, I thank you so much for the men in our church um, and their love for you, their love for their families, and willingness, Lord, to step out and help uh, people who are in need, uh, not only in our, our church community, but outside in the larger community as well. Um, they are a great group of men. Please continue to bless them, encourage them, inspire them, give them new visions for this year. Um, on how Lord, you would use them for your glory. Um, this is our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> Excuse me, my voice is a little heavy today. Um, so, you know, it's been rough, right? We can all agree to that. There's been so much going on in the country, um, and the emotional weight, the cumulative weight from March to today has been exhausting. And uh, sometimes we need to uh, stop and, and take a break. And I wanna make sure that I just say to folks, sometimes you need the permission to take the break that you need. Um, there's some natural pauses that arise in our schedules and we should you know, do our best to try to embrace them. And today may be that kind of pause for you. Um, it might be the day that you can take a moment just to reflect and to thank uh, those who have uh, been a dad to you, who have fathered you. So again, we say happy Father's Day to our dads. Um, thank you for those who are single dads. Thank you for hanging in there and loving your kids. For those who join with a spouse or a friend, a partner, um, or with some other person in the community to be um, a dad to their children, we want to acknowledge you today and say thank you. Um, the images of our families, you know, we have that traditional image, but the reality is our families have always been this kind of uh, kaleidoscope of different people who move in and out of our lives um, in our times of need. When we, we really need that person, God has a way of, sh of, of having someone show up for us. And we wanna thank you for being willing to do that. You are important, you are needed, you are loved, and you are wanted. So I think it's important for us to say that to um, the men in our lives who are committed to meeting the needs of their children, our kids, who are determined to protect our kids or their kids with their very lives if the need were to arise. As a society, we've struggled to free our dads from the stereotypes that have placed distance between them and kids. My father uh, wasn't allowed in the delivery room back in the day when I was born. 
um, with me or with any of my siblings. Um, his job was to wait outside for the news of our birth, you know, and then take cigars around and announce it to, to other people. Um, maybe even throw his chest out a bit. Uh, my dad was the father of five boys, so that was quite an accomplishment for whatever that meant back in the day, you know. Um, but that tradition of fathers being outside of the delivery room is, has gone away. Dads are um, active members in the birthing experience. Um, they're in the room tracking contractions, monitoring pain, advocating for their, uh, their partners, keeping their family safe during this time when, when they are extremely vulnerable. And now it's just normal. Um, when the babies are born, it's not just the moms who bond through skin-to-skin -skin contact, but dads are joining in, recognizing the importance of that contact and the bond that is being made with their newborn. Uh, the family rooms where the, the parents stay with the child or the child stays with the parent, other kids can come in. We've gotten really creative about those, about enhancing, understanding, family and the role of, of each member in the unit. Um, so we um, have advanced from keeping dads at a distance to inviting them into the birthing room to full participation in the birthing experience. Raising our kids was once viewed as the responsibility of women, but we advanced from the dad who works and returns home to hear the report of, you know, his child's behavior, to inviting dads to, uh, to come to, you know, our kids' schools and have special daddy, uh, daddy's child days in school and uh, just different activities going on. We've moved from, um, we've moved forward in dads, uh, not just tossing a baseball with their sons and playing basketball, but dads having, playing basketball and tossing the ball with their daughters and uh, enjoying tea parties and putting on tutus and all kinds of stuff, playing superheroes um, with capes, towel capes and everything. Uh, hopefully we haven't advanced so far as dad jumping off, you know, the roofs like we used to do as kids, but monitored safety. Um, we've opened the door for dads as the primary caregivers in our homes. Dads are now doing hair better than moms do hair, which excites me. Um, doing all sorts of non-traditional things because they're committed to their children. You're committed to your family. And so we thank you for your active involvement in the day-to-day. -day. Thank you for not being distant. Thank you for all the tasks you do. Dishes, baths, raising money, making money to support uh, the family, helping with homework or finding somebody who, um, does, who does understand the homework, especially the new math. And, and when we all ask the question, why is there always new math? When one plus one equals two, why is it always new math? My parents complained about it. We complained about it. I'm hearing you guys complain about it too. But, you know, that's another sermon. Um, I said all that to say that the lives of our dads um, have grown more and more intense. It's just a fact. Um, my husband did more in, um, in the day than his dad did. Uh, or I should say my dad did more in his day with us than his father did with him. And then now Robbie has done more with our kids than my dad or his dad did with 
us. And I suspect that it will go on and on. Um, on a day like today, Father's Day, I'd just like to keep it simple and just say thank you. Um, and that would be nice and it would be sweet. But I also feel the need to speak uh, to this tendency we have to require more and more. I grew up uh, the only female child in a house with five brothers and my mom and dad. Uh, there was a whole lot of testosterone going around in that house. And my little estrogen was, you know, sometimes it just didn't even make it on the chart. I watched my dad work a couple of jobs um, all my life, basically, until he retired. Um, you know, he was a black man in America determined to provide for his family. That, that's my dad's story. Um, with limited education, he was determined. Um, he was tired a lot. Um, he could fall asleep in a blink. One moment his eyes would be open talking to you, and the next moment the man would be asleep. It was, we just look up like, how did that happen so fast? Um, it was so hard for him to really engage all of us in a focused way at the same time. So my dad developed a plan. And um, me being the observant child that I was, I picked up on it. I became conscious of it, of what he was doing um, as I watched him really focus in on my third oldest brother. Now listen, um, he focused in with the laser sight on his schooling, the events, who his friends were, having conversations with him. He was, he, he, he was just there. Um, if my brother slipped up and, and did something he, he wasn't supposed to do, my dad was on it. And uh, then I saw this thing. I saw the transition from my third oldest brother to my fourth brother. And uh, I was like, uh-oh. I paid attention. Um, he paid attention to all of us, but he would develop a laser focus on one of us at a time based on just the amount of time he had. And I had the realization that of the movement, and I was like, oh, shoot, I'm next, right? <laughs> so uh, there were age gaps. There was five years between uh, baby three and baby four. So he hung out with baby three for a while. And, uh, and I realized when he moved to baby four, there's only two years between me and my brother. And I was like, oh, shoot, he's going to speed through him and jump to me. And there's four years between me and my younger brother. So my dad was going to hang out with me for a while. And I was just like, oh, this is, this is not good. Um, and uh, it went down like that, except, you know, he'd been used to boys and finally hit me. And uh, I was his only good daughter. And I kept throwing cogs in his plan. He just, because he thought he had it down. And he would say something to me. And I would have a quick yet respectful comeback for my dad, which would leave my dad literally grabbing his hands like this and turning and walking out the door. <laughs> I think about it now. It cracks me up because the look on his face was like, dear Jesus, please keep me from hurting this child. But um, I was ornery, as you may be able to tell. All that's to say, um, at the time when I saw the transition, I kind of panicked. Um, I didn't understand it. I just didn't want that much focus from my dad at one time for that long period of time. But now when I look back, I, I, I appreciate it tremendously. 
my dad gave each of us a gift. It was an incredible gift. And I'd like if uh, you gentlemen would allow me to share it with you. Um, this really is a short sermon. I won't keep you long so you guys can go and celebrate with your families. But for a minute, please. Um, my dad, our dad, gave us each the tremendous gift of his presence. And it was more than enough. I often think uh, guys have a bum deal, you know. I do. Don't get me wrong. And um, you know, give me a second. Yes, patriarchy exists in our society, and that patriarchy, you know, it is the favor and privilege given to males, you know, unearned privilege, especially white guys in our society, um, and it has worked to perpetuate advantages for them, but. It also does a number, I think, on men, a mental and emotional number on them. And it makes them feel like they're less instead of making them feel like more because guys are ever attempting to live into some image of masculinity, some image of fatherhood, an image of what it is to be a husband. And not quite able to realize sometimes in the reality of just being yourselves. Um, so I want guys to know this morning that when you're present, you are more than enough. You're more than enough for your children. You are more than enough for your spouse. You are more than enough for your friends and your You are more than enough when you're present. The influence of your full being, being present, changes things for the good. Now, some of us might be saying, hold on, Pastor Angel. That's not necessarily true. My dad wasn't there for me. My dad, you know, or my dad was there, but I wish he wasn't there, you know, and all that's real. I want to attempt to say anything to invalidate your experience of your particular dad or your father. I just pray right now that God will remind you of a man who gave you his presence, whether it was for a day or a month or for your for that man's lifetime i want you to remember him them or they and the impact those moments had on your life i say again dads whether you are a dad by genetic makeup or by heart for those men who've chosen to parent when you are present you are more than enough i think men struggle with feeling inadequate, that they give and it just doesn't feel like enough. What is asked and expected of you is ever changing. And I think that much, um, I think that much of the change is good, but it can leave you on uh, unsure or uncertain footing. You may ask yourself, what am I supposed to do? Or how am I supposed to respond? And why doesn't it ever feel like I, that what I contribute uh, is enough? And, and well, maybe that's just me looking from the outside in. But again, I'm a woman who's had, you know, five male siblings. And for whatever reason, um, you know, I'm 55. And so I've seen some real changes uh, in, our, in our society. And so back in my, my younger days, I was invited to the council rooms and the boardrooms. And often I would be the only female in the room. And being observant, I watched the inter interplay between men. 
And, and I just kept thinking to myself, man, it must really be hard, <laughs> you know, because you have to put up such fronts and, and sometimes be so, um, you know, uh, the, the confidence or the whatever. And being uh, the person I am, being able to read through the comments and the things. And I just thought, wow, you know, even though there's unfairness, the unfairness of patriarchy damages all of us because I think it puts men in a bind and they're not free. So, but then again, anybody, you know, you can disagree with me. But this I say, based on the experience, you know, in 55 years of living and my education and yada, yada, yada that I've had, dads, when you are present, you are more than enough. So my encouragement to you this morning is to seek to be present. What does that mean? So our scripture for today, Andrew, if you could put it up. Uh, I just have one scripture for today. Um, I gave it to us in a couple of different Bible versions. Um, because it's Father's Day, I was trying to find it in a way that said fathers, but this is as close as I got. Um, the New King James Version, Proverbs 20 and 7. The righteous man walks in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. And in the, uh, the Living Bible, it reads this way. It is a wonderful heritage to have an honest father. Um, you know, those, that one scripture seems very simple, but it, it says so much. Um, and I think it is such a wonderful guide, uh, not just to fathers, but to all of us who care for children. The scripture speaks to what I mean when I say dads seek to be present. Some of you will remember me explaining to you that the word righteousness is a relational word. We sometimes talk about it as a state of being, um, but righteousness exists in the context of relationship. Righteousness is not a theory, but it's a practice experience in the day-to-day -day living of our lives to live in right relation with others. So the scripture is saying, for those who are determined to live in a way that demonstrates righteousness or having right relationships with and toward others, they have to walk with integrity. And integrity is defined as the quality of being honest or having strong moral principles. It's also the state of being whole and undivided. So when I say seek to be present, it is an encouragement for you to give your children the the encouragement to give your child the gift of task. Task, you know, all the things we do get really exhausting. And, and because we can get focused on tasks, it feels like it's enough. Bringing your whole honest self to the relationship with your children, whether you are their biological dad or their relational dad. Bringing your whole honest self to the relationship, you're able to give this gift to your children. But I ask you to consider it a bit more as it relates to being present. When I say being present, I mean... Um, in mindfulness groups, mindfulness theory, they talk about 
the fact that presence is recognizing and honoring your feelings. They say it's also being able to experience them without getting uncomfortable. Being able to use those feelings to determine a positive path of action. Um, emotions are still sometimes hard. I mean, maybe I'm being stereotypical, but I'm looking. And uh, I think sometimes emotions still can be hard for, for guys. I think it's growing to be more difficult for women in our society too. Um, but I think in the scripture and in my encouragement, there's an answer to what am I supposed to do with all these emotions I'm feeling? Um, we're supposed to recognize them. We're supposed to feel them. We're supposed to sit with them and learn to get comfortable with the full range of emotions that we experience. And we're then supposed to move into kind of an analysis of what is causing us to have those emotions, to determine their validity and the actions that need to go with them. Being able to use them, these feelings, to determine a positive course of action. Bringing your presence, bringing your whole self to your relationship with your children, age appropriately, of course, is about being clear and not hiding. Dads, when you're present, when you're present, you're more than enough. And you teach your children to do the same. And in this way, it's another way to change the world. Um, many of you know my dad is deceased. And um, I can tell you that I have seen my dad in complete hysterics. I have seen my dad, you know, he did the dad thing, which at funerals was, you know, the tears ran, but, you know, he would wipe them and try to be strong for everybody. I only heard my dad weep one time. And it really shocked me. I didn't know what to do with it. It kind of froze in the moment. It was a private moment, actually, between he and my mom, something that had gone down in the family that was just, I mean, it was incredibly awful with his brother, and it broke my dad's heart. And my dad wept. It, it, my dad wept so much, it surprised my mom, and she didn't know what to do with it. And because um, that's just not something he showed. But it, it, it did something for me that allowed me to see more humanity in my father. And it allowed me as I grew older, as he gave me his presence, I gave back to him that he could give me more of it in an honest way. So that in those last days of my, my dad's life, it was okay for him to cry. And it was okay for him to be sad. And it was okay because he didn't have to live, at least with me. I can't talk about anybody. Well, I do know other people's circumstances, a little bit about my mom's. But at least with me, he could do those things. I remember him trying to talk to my mom about the fact that he was dying. And uh, he said to her, Cleo, I'm dying. And she said, what? Because she didn't expect the conversation. And, and he said, I'm dying. And, and he looked at her and she was so shook by it. 
He looked at her again and said, nothing, never mind. I'm not going anywhere. Um, and it, it's kind of funny, you know, when we tell the story, it's, it's funny. But the reality of living into an image and trying to be strong and the need to find places where you can be your whole self um, and what developed in my relationship with my dad. My dad gave me his presence. I gave my presence back because he was teaching me that to him in ways that were honest, still respectful, in ways that made him mad and was clear and he'd come back and talk to me about what was said, in ways that taught me and have had an impression on me. And I'm not trying to say that my dad and I had any kind of perfect relationship. We had a re very real, honest relationship. My dad being um, the quiet generation and me being the newly minted Xers that were coming into the world. Um, and sometimes we struggled, but it was an honest struggle. And so that on On the day my dad died, I could let him go. And there was no good regret or sorrow in, in that way with the regret. And I think it has empowered me to be this woman that I am, that's willing to bring myself to situations and that is able to encourage people to bring themselves to. I got that from my dad. And so today, I want to tell you that the things that amaze my, me about my dad, I mean, they're triumphs that my dad had a sixth grade education and a six-figure salary is amazing. But that my dad figured out how he could care for his kids and give himself to his kids that he was so practical and so very clear is the testimony that I have to share about my father. And so I want to say to you, men of Mosaic and men, wherever you are, dads, whether you gave birth to the kids you're loving or you didn't, I want to say to you, dad, that when you bring your presence to your children, you are more than enough. You are wonderful. And I want to thank each and every one of you for loving your children so intensely and defying the stereotypes and standing and loving and addressing the emotions, even when you haven't had the instruction on how to do it, but determining how to do it and to live honestly and having a righteous relationship with your kids because they are blessed. They are so tremendously blessed when you do. May God bless you. May you have a wonderful day today, but may you and I moms, dads, um, everyone participating in parenting know that when we bring our presence, we are more than enough.
God bless you. Amen. Okay, Andrew. I hope nobody was still sleeping in your house because now they're probably awake after all that screaming. <laughs> all right, so the last song. Nobody's sleeping in our house, except probably Ivy. Ivy might be sleeping. <laughs> we had to kick our kitty out because she was messing with us while we were practicing. <laughs> okay, so um, the last song is Deep and Why. And, why. and for and the second, we're going to do two times for this or the next time I'll go, Mm -hmm. And why? Right, so time first time through, mm -hmm. let's do all the words and the motions for them first, okay? And we'll just say it. Deep and wide, deep and, and wide. wide. There's a fountain flowing deep and wide, okay? And then we'll say that again. And then we'll repeat it, but this time a little faster. And we'll go, hmm, and wide, hmm. And why there's a fountain flowing, and why? Okay, and then the next time it'll be, hmm, and hmm, hmm, and hmm, there's a fountain flowing, hmm, and hmm, and then hmm, and hmm, and hmm, there's a hmm, hmm, flowing, hmm, and hmm, okay, so on. And then the next time we'll, we won't even say flowing either. We'll just say hmm, so it'll just be a bunch of hmms, and it gets faster every time. So I'll tell you. And we're gonna screw up a bunch, so that's okay. It counts for the fun of it. It is fun. And hopefully everyone will be will be giggling by the end because I bet she will be. Okay, so we'll start nice and slow with all the words. Yes. Okay. Deep and wide, deep and wide. There's a fountain flowing deep and wide. Deep and wide, deep and wide. There's a fountain flowing deep and wide. Little faster. Hmm, and why? Hmm, and why? There's a fountain flowing. Hmm, and why? Hmm, and why? Hmm, and why? We'll be flowing, flowing. Hmm, and why? Little faster. Hmm, and hmm, hmm, and hmm. There's a fountain flowing. Hmm, and hmm, hmm, and hmm. Hmm, and hmm, there's a fountain flowing, hmm, and hmm, even faster. Hmm, and hmm, hmm, and hmm, there's a hmm, hmm, flowing, hmm, hmm, good job, Jersey. Hmm, and hmm, hmm, and hmm, there's a hmm, hmm, flowing, hmm, hmm, faster. Hmm, and hmm, hmm, there's a hmm, 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 and hmm, hmm, and hmm, hmm, and hmm, there's a hmm, 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 we miss everybody so much, all of our Mosaic friends, and we were really happy to make some, make a video, some songs for you guys. I hope you enjoyed them, and we'll see you guys real soon. We love you guys. Um, so that's a beautiful. They are beautiful um, visual picture of the depth of the love and the joy. Um, so may you experience today uh, that joy with your children. Um, may you have beautiful memories of your dad if he is deceased or the loving men in your life. And uh, we thank God that we can share in relationship and that we have been made the righteousness of God to show forth this righteousness, these relationships that make the world better. The only thing we can possibly take from this world when we leave it 
our relationships. And that is by choice. All of us choosing to continue them in the next life. So let's pray. Uh, thanks, Lord, for this day. I thank you for um, all our dads, willingness to love our kids, the willingness to learn from, our, from the kids and from one another and from uh, the community on how best to, uh, to raise adults. Because we have children, Lord, but we recognize that we have children to raise them to be positive, productive, loving, righteous adults in the world. So we ask your continued wisdom upon our dads and our community to accomplish that, that um, our children will know um, and have wonderful examples of what love is and um, how to live in ways that demonstrate it one to another, especially in times like today. This is our prayer in Christ's name. Amen. Have a beautiful day. Enjoy each other. Love you, Marley. I'm glad you're doing all right and back home. I love you, Dan and Carl. Some of the guys, I see names, Jim. Love you, ladies. Have a good day. Bye-bye.